I hear bay waters lapping by low with low sounds by the shore. That can mean only thing, one thing. That is, Cousin Rick is calling from Needham, Massachusetts with Rick's Tech Talk. Good morning, Cousin Rick. Hello there, everybody. This is Mel Allen. Hey, he's still here. All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was uh, bring back some memories. Yeah. Mel Allen, Yankee Stadium, and a home run was a Ballantine blast. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. Well, as we as we're reminiscing, era, what uh, is the weather like in Needham, Massachusetts? Oh, it's warm. It, mm. it, it's into the forties. We're we're maybe even going up to the sixties tomorrow, and uh, so we. Haven't had much snow at all, and uh, it seems to be an early spring. Oh, good. But being New England, we could get walloped. Yeah. With a heavy, wet snow between now and uh, April <laughs> Fool's Day. You never know. <laughs> yes, we had the infamous April Fool's storm one mm. year. Yeah. What yes. year was that? No, oh, I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, but do you... the sap is flowing, ah. and uh, yes. All right. Do you have a ride of the week? Oh, yes, the ride of the week. We've gone from one extreme to the other. Last week we had a vehicle that got 12 miles to the gallon on premium gas, and this week we have an all-electric vehicle, a battery electric vehicle, the Hyundai Kona Electric Limited. Okay. We've got, uh, you know, with the specs on this, it gets 258 miles is the EPA uh, given range. It's a, uh, the EPA calls it a small SUV. It's about, uh, oh, about the size of a compact car. And uh, let's see, some of the numbers that uh, give us that 258-mile uh, range, it has a 150-kilowatt electric motor, which is the equivalent of 201 horsepower. It's got a 64-kilowatt-hour lithium-ion polymer battery. And uh, a, uh, it also has uh, fast charging capability. You can, you can use 110 volts, or you can get uh, fast charging. And it's got a, uh, let's see, Regenerative brake, you can, uh, it has regenerative braking, which you can control with the paddle levers on the steering wheel. It's a single-speed automatic transmission, but you can simulate shifting using the paddles uh, for shift by wire. Mm. Now, some of the other features it has, it's five-star safety rated, which is uh, an important plus in a small vehicle. It's got a battery warmer system that you could uh, use to uh, get the battery uh, to be more efficient temperature when it's plugged in in cold weather. Mm. And uh, it's got uh, smart cruise control with stop and go, an active air flap under the lower grill to reduce drag at higher speeds, and it's got a Harman Kardon premium audio system. And the MSRP on this is 42500 with the lunar white paint, special paint, and 
carpeted floor max and delivery charge, it comes out to be $44,340. So the Kona Electric. Being an electric, it's, uh, you know, you got a little uh, zip in the acceleration, so it's a fun car to drive. The the only feature I had something uh, to get used to was I turned the temperature up on a on a cool day when I was driving, but the car wasn't getting that warm. Then I realized there's a what they have is a heater button on the control panel. So even though you set the temperature, you don't necessarily turn on the heater, and you've got to turn that on separately. Hmm. So that's just something to get used to there. All right. But, the ride of the week, the Kona Electric Limited. All right, the Kona Electric Limited. Very nice. Yes. And uh, anything else for uh, automotive today? Oh, yes, we do. But we've got uh, the feature on what's on my bookshelf. Mm, okay. Okay, we, I've, I've read another book since the last time. All right. Yeah. <laughs> or I, I'm in the process of reading this. Okay. And the book is called The Matter of Everything. It's by a quantum physicist named Susie Sheehy, S-H-E-E-H-Y, and the subtitle is How Curiosity, Physics, and Improbable Experiments Change the World. Now, uh, going back to your high school science or college science, whatever, you may remember some of these famous experiments being quoted as to determine the nature of matter, such as X-rays and the structure of the atom and so on. Mm -hmm. And so this is more or less a popularized version written so that the the average person can understand some of these early experiments and how they affect our technology today. The structure of matter, materials, led to new developments in medical imaging and microelectronics, et cetera, et cetera. So it's kind of an interesting uh, uh, survey of some early physics work there. And uh, one, one quote, which is interesting, Rutherford, who discovered the structure of the atom, which was uh, you have a nucleus with the electrons flying around, and basically the atom is mostly empty space. But he, they, were, they were doing rather crude experiments, and they didn't have much money. And his best quote was, we have no money, so we shall have to think. <laughs> so I think, I think the corollary today might be that with Elon Musk, we have lots of money, so we don't have to think as much. <laughs> it could be. Yes. Think. All right. <laughs> Which leads to the Musk minute. Oh, yes. Yes, the Musk I would think. Okay. And, uh, well, the... The thing we all may know about is Elon was at the Super Bowl. Hmm. I don't know if you caught that. I didn't catch that. He he wasn't wasn't in the halftime show, though. Mm -hmm. And uh, neither was George Santos, but he might have said that he was. (laughs) But also on uh, Musk Minute doings here, the super heavy booster rocket for the Starship had a full-up engine test mm-hmm. a few days ago. They, uh, it has 33 engines. They lit these things off for about, oh, about seven seconds, and uh, 31 of the 33 engines uh, ignited. Uh, one of them didn't, didn't ignite, and one of them shut down itself due to some problem.
problem. But as Elon said, that's still enough power to get to orbit with uh, about 16.5 million pounds of thrust. They lost about a million pounds there with the two engines. And uh, although being a private company, SpaceX is, uh, has been tight-lipped so far as to if the engines reach full thrust and what the damage to the launch pad might have been, if any. So we'll, we'll await word on that. But as soon as next month, uh, SpaceX is saying the Starship could make its first orbital flight if the booster, uh, everything looks good. Yeah, 31 out of 33 isn't bad. <laughs> but uh, isn't, I wonder if I must be uh, able to compensate the computer uh, tracking to, uh, to having me, me missing these two. Uh, yeah, they could just burn longer. And uh, right. you know, On one of the Apollo missions, they had five booster engines. One of them shut down early, but the others made up for it. Really? You have some redundancy there. Yeah, I didn't know that. All right, uh, what else do you have for today? Okay, uh, let's see, automotive. This is kind of something we missed a, a few weeks ago from our friends at iccars.com. It's nothing very profound, but it's interesting as to what the most popular car colors are. And uh, they, they looked at, uh, oh, say, six, six million vehicles on the road. I don't know how they decided which six million vehicles they were going to use, but they compared the popular colors in 2022 to the popular colors five years before that. And uh, I know when I was at Design News Magazine, we would get this uh, information every year from DuPont, who mm -hmm. created the paints for most of the auto companies. And back then, it was silvers and blacks, and uh, those kind of colors were popular. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but in 2022, the most popular color was white. Yeah, good old Followed white. by black, gray. Well, white's easy to maintain. You know, it right. doesn't show dirt. And so then it's, you got black, gray, silver, and then some of the different, uh, more colorful palettes. Blue was in fifth place. Mm -hmm. But uh, in 2017, black was the most popular color at about 23% uh, of the vehicles. And uh, white now is about a quarter of the vehicles. White is second, silver is third, and gray is fourth. But fifth, instead of blue, it's red, but blue is sixth. Hmm. And uh, at, the, at the bottom, well, that was 2017, blue is sixth. Or blue is fifth now and red is sixth, but... And 13th place is yellow, with only 0.1% uh, of vehicles being yellow. Although some, I think, can be uh, quite striking in yellow. It'd be nice to see some uh, more color in the, the palette of the vehicles on the road, rather than just gray, black, and white. Although I think that <clears throat> vehicles that are rather angular look good in white, because for some reason it looks like it's sculpted, hmm. whereas the the vehicles with more flowing lines look better in darker colors, but that's just me. Okay. Well, yeah. Let, let's hear hear it for more color. Right? <laughs> for more color. Yes. All right. Uh, what else do you have for us today? Okay. Well, over the weekend, the New England Motor Press Association, we had our annual gathering at the secret headquarters. <laughs> to do 
our winter vehicle evaluation. We we drive vehicles and you know we 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 gather, we eat, and we drive vehicles and we eat some more, etc. <laughs> and uh, you know we drive a few of these and then decide how well they respond to winter conditions, which we really didn't have this year. And usually there's a few piles of snow around, we can take some pictures and look like uh, the vehicles are out in the snow. But uh, some of the interesting vehicles that I drove this weekend, and hopefully we'll get one of the one or two of these for uh, a better uh, week-long evaluation. One was the Volvo XC90, and you get in that car and you know you've arrived. It, it's elegant without being ostentatious, hmm. is the way I would drive it. And it's even got the Orfer's crystal shift knob, and it drives very nice. It's quiet, you know. It's a Volvo, hmm. so uh, you know you you pay for that luxury, but you I guess you get what you pay for. Mm-hmm. And uh, another one that I thought was nice, and the other end of the spectrum is the Corolla all-wheel drive hybrid. That handled very nice, and it gets great mileage. So. Uh, Hopefully, I'll get one of those, and we can uh, work that uh, for a week. And uh, finally, I drove a, a Mercedes EQS 580, the all-electric Mercedes. And uh, I wish I could drive this more because, for some reason, the brakes seemed rather mushy. But I think you can adjust that. It might have something to do with, we call it regenerative braking. Mercedes calls it recuperation (laughs) and uh, you can adjust it uh, but I wasn't in the car long enough to figure that out and so maybe with normal recuperation the the brakes seem rather mushy but uh, we'll get that and sort that out once we get that vehicle to drive for a month I mean for a week yeah I wouldn't mind it for a month sounds good (laughs) okay well anything else today yes uh Keeping with automotive themes, the North Carolina State University researchers have come up with uh, an idea to incorporate uh, self-driving and uh, oh, vehicles that that are attaining uh, self-driving status. You know, in certain degrees of levels of uh, autonomous capability. Mm-hmm. And uh, the idea here is a fourth traffic light on traffic signals, and they call this the white, uh, the white phase concept. There would be a white light, or maybe it'd be something else, but a different color. You'd still have red, yellow, and green lights, but the idea is that when the white signal is on, autonomous vehicles that are in the intersection the rule would be that if you're behind one of these vehicles, you just follow it. If the white light goes on, you follow the vehicle in front of you. And the the idea is that these vehicles would communicate with each other and communicate with the traffic signal. And so this way, the uh, intelligence, the artificial intelligence, will decide the most efficient flow through the intersection. Now, obviously, this is something in the future, and it sounds like a good idea, but usually the transition from what we have now to what this is might be the problem. Mm. So uh, an interesting idea. We'll, we'll see if 
it ever comes to fruition. Okay. Anything else for today? Well, speaking of robotics, mm-hmm. okay, a company called Reliable Robotics has been given a U.S. Air Force study contract to see how it might uh, fit, uh, how it might fit into their system of turning multi-jet engine transports into robotic and artificial intelligent controls. This way you wouldn't need so many uh, human pilots to just do transport missions of transporting goods from one place to another. And, uh, you know, you might, uh, it might serve to take people out of harm's way into certain uh, areas. But uh, then again, you know, you may want to fly with uh, human pilots aboard if you're in a situation that might be kind of a, say, a tight landing situation or even a refueling situation, air-to-air refueling. So uh, who knows? Maybe we'll see robotic large aircraft flying militarily first, and then uh, you might transition to uh, passenger-carrying airplanes or civilian uses. But again, that's further down the road. Yep, that's uh, that's interesting. And, uh, right, you know, I know. You get on a plane, hey, the grayer the hair on the pilot, the <laughs> more relaxed I feel. Because <laughs> you know they've had the experience. And uh, also I'd like to know that uh, there's fewer pilots coming from the military these days, and those are the guys that I kind of wind flying up ahead because, you know, they've had experience in unusual situations with aircraft in uh, maybe unusual attitudes that uh, they know how to handle. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So so what's going to happen to uh, have the artificial intelligence of running a, a plane? <laughs> it's kind of a, bit, it's a, uh, a bit concerning, I would say. <laughs> okay, uh, anything else for today? <clears throat> well, to wrap up, mm-hmm. okay, this is from the U.K., the United Kingdom, a company called Solar Edge has come up with a concept called the Battery Virtual Power Plant. Now, Solar Edge supplies battery backup power to households in England, and uh, you know, most of them say would have a solar power array. And the idea of the Battery Virtual Power Plant is you would join together virtually homes and businesses that have battery backup to supplement power to the grid when it's needed. Any excess power generated, say, by solar or wind that is stored in home or business power battery storage uh, devices could feed back to the grid to moderate demand when needed. So that... uh, it basically sounds once you have enough battery backup around that uh, with the uh, algorithms and computer uh, computer software to link these, you can uh, supplement the grid to get more efficient power generation. Hmm. All right. Well, is that a wrap? 
That's a wrap for today. All right. As usual, glad we could get together. Glad we could uh, get together. And happy Valentine's Day. Yes, and happy Valentine's Day. Okay. It was also my father's birthday. Oh, really? How about that? Yeah. Good old Uncle, Uncle Louis. All right. <laughs> okay. Till next uh, Tuesday. See you next on the radio. <laughs> All right. So that was uh, Cousin Rick calling from Needham, Massachusetts with Rick's Tech Talk, a regular feature of the Newtopian Dream.